Welcome to Their Very Best, the podcast where total amateurs make wild proclamations about the work of expert professional musicians, despite having no actual qualifications. I'm Waldron Faulkner. And I'm Bill Noto. Thanks for joining us for wild, unsolicited opinions about Jeff Beck. Billy, we need to set the table. We need to set the table, and we have a special guest today. I'm going to introduce our friend Gene Ferreter, who will be doing a tour of Jeff Beck. And this is so fun because our audience is meeting Gene at the same time as Waldron is meeting Gene. So Waldron is like a proxy for the very besties tonight. It's good to meet you, and thanks for coming on, dude. I've been looking forward to this for weeks. Waldron, thanks for having me here. And Bill, thanks for orchestrating. No pun intended. Um, Gene's going to give us a tour of Jeff Beck. And then, you know, Waldron being Waldron, he might have some revenge. And revenge would be like revenge. Waldron not being able to help himself and having to talk about look, a song or two. Gene is a guitarist. He is. And he's going to choose all the right songs. I mean, he already chose the right artist. And he'll choose all the right songs. So I'm predicting I won't need to... Um, implement my revenge and it is that's a very interesting take so is there like solidarity amongst guitarists like honor amongst thieves is that what's going on here it depends are you a gibson or a fender gene <laughs> well uh as as is often the case i would say both okay I, I i lean heavily on the strat but i do love the sound i've i've had several gibsons and several strats and so I think there are merits to both. The sound quality of Gibsons is hard to match, but the comfort and playability of, of Strats and Fenders is hard to beat. Yeah, and I'd say that in the right hands, so I'm a Gibson person also on paper. Secretly, I think maybe I should have been a Fender guy because, <laughs> you know, if, if we're going on sound, it's hard to argue with the sound that Jeff Beck gets out of his Strats. That said, he definitely, he was actually friends with Les Paul and very influenced by him. And he used to play Les Paul back in the 70s. And uh, the Strat, you know, with the five pickup settings, you get that great in-between pickup sound. Um, but for pure tone that sings, it's hard to beat the Les Paul. So, um, but in the latter years, Jeff was all about the Strat because he, uh, he turned using the whammy bar into an art form. Totally agree. All right, so you've got six choices to make. Do I distill down to six my six favorite, six most inspiring? I, I could pick six from any one of his 18 studio albums and that would, <laughs> that would suffice. So to do it from all together, where I sort of landed uh, today is that Jeff Beck really helped to propel or initiate three new genres of music. <laughs> and on some level, his first album, Truth, back in 1968, which came out before Led Zeppelin won. And he and Jimmy Page were very good buddies and they played together in the Yardbirds, where for a while Jimmy Page played bass while Jeff was playing guitar. If you listen to Truth and then you listen to Led Zeppelin one, you can see, oh, okay, this is where a lot of that came from. Hmm. Or certainly there's an influence there. So many have said that Jeff Beck helped to propel or uh, on some level was uh, helped to spawn hard rock on some level. So that was kind of the first big thing. 
have a song on truth that you want to use as one of your six? Let's go to Bex Bolero. And it's not necessarily the first Jeff Beck tune I would play to introduce. It's not the one you would choose to introduce a person to Jeff Beck? Not necessarily, but that being said, during this year's Grammy Awards, when they had the In Memoriam segment, and they announced, you know, people we've lost this year, and Jeff Beck, this was the song they played. <sighs> I heard a story, or read a story recently, about Billy Gibbons, the guitar player for ZZ, and here's the thing. Now, how Led Zeppelin is that? <laughs> totally. <laughs> Imagine being in a band and you're Jimmy Page, and they're like, hey, listen, just play the bass, all right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> because we got the guitar covered. Exactly. Eric Clapton preceded Jeff Beck as the guitar guitarist in the Yardbirds, right. then handed it over to Jeff, and then Jeff handed it over to Jimmy. It's quite a trio. It's quite the trio, and on some level, the Yardbirds plus Jimi Hendrix equals probably four of the top ten electric guitar players of all time. Well, we'll see about that. We're gonna we're gonna have a quiz later. Oh no. Okay, good. Oh no. I hate the quiz. So going back to this uh, Billy Gibbons story, yeah. apparently uh, Billy Gibbons, guitar player for ZZ Top, was good friends with Hendrix. Hmm. And they were hanging out back in 1968 or 69. He would, at one point, he used to go over to his house every day and they would just listen to tunes. And Jimmy apparently put on Beck Spolero and he's, he said, listen to this. He goes, what do you think he's doing there? So Jeff later found out, oh, Jimmy knows who I am. And he couldn't believe right. it, but it was uh, refreshing to him to know that, that Jimmy took some interest in what he was doing. It seems anachronistic, the Billy Gibbons and Hendrix, right? When I think of ZZ Top, I think of maybe late 70s best and yeah. 80s, not late 60s, early late 70s. 60s. That's sure. funny. I think of MTV, so I think of like 80s. Gene, you know the um, making up a fact for the podcast thing? That's my thing. You're not allowed to do that. Like Billy Gibbons and Jimi Hendrix hanging out. If that's not real, then it's going to be a problem. That is not a part of our show. We don't do that. <laughs> and I would say Truth, to me, that was kind of the high point. There were several others on Truth, but that one was really a signature tune. So there were five albums where there was nothing as significant culturally, probably, as Bex Bolero. But then in 1975, Blow by Blow came out. And that kind of blew the doors off because nobody really had experienced jazz rock fusion. And the producer of Blow by Blow was George Martin. So after the Beatles, he wanted to produce Jeff Beck. Which song do you want to uh, play from this album? Now, even though I only get six tunes to capture Jeff's essence, I could easily pick three of them from Blow by Blow. That said, I want to start with Freeway Jam. 
like the shuffle action. Now an interesting thing about some of Jeff's tunes is that a lot of times the melody does not emerge for a little while. There's kind of this intro groove vibe thing before the melody. So right now he's playing kind of fills and a little theme. Oh man. <laughs> what, what is it? Whammy bar action is wild. Oh yeah. What he's doing with the whammy bar is so crazy because you think of, as a guitarist, and I'm not a whammy bar guitarist, I'm a Gibson person, we don't usually um, traffic in whammy bars. Is that you'll hit a note and then whammy bar it in one direction or another and you know if you're Eddie Van Halen you go down or whatever it is right and but what he'll do it sounds like what he'll do is um, grab the whammy bar and then like detune the thing and then while it's still detuned keep on playing notes on the fretboard right? I think that's a very good observation yeah That's kind of wild. Like, I don't know of anybody else who uses the whammy bar that way. <laughs> now there he's getting, yeah, some false harmonics with his with his nails. We'll get to one of the one of the six tunes later that really highlights how his whammy technique evolved over time. Now it's interesting. At this point, he was still using a pick with his right hand. Within a decade, he, he gets rid of the pick. Eventually, he plays never, no more pick with his right hand. Hmm. Here, he's still using a pick. The um, Rick Beato video about Jeff Beck talks a lot about the way he sort of is touching the instrument with his hands, you know, and it makes sense that he would eventually drop or get rid of the pick. Well, he, he evolved to a place where he's picking the notes with his fingers, he's using the whammy, almost continually to uh, accent and, and to get microtones and go up and down. But he also does a lot with the volume on the guitar, he uses his pinky to have volume swells. Right. And then he also sometimes, oddly, plays slide with his right hand, not with his left hand. He plays the slide way up above the 22nd fret to get these angelic sounding notes. Uh, above the fretboard with a slide. So he did all kinds of things with his right hand. I've even seen him ostensibly playing a whammy when there was no whammy on the instrument by playing with a loose bridge and he's using the palm of his hand on the bridge like a whammy. It's kind of like crazy. Warping yeah. the, like warping the neck? Oh, I don't know if he'd bend the neck. Yeah. Billy's making wild uh, bend the neck movements, which neck is a, a thing I've done, but it's definitely a no-no. You know, you don't want to do that, dude. Wild, you don't want to do that. I mean, Pete Townsend was like destroying his guitars. Like, uh, was it you that was telling me that Pete Townsend would put his guitars, like, have his roadie put his guitars back together again so he could smash them again the next night? Was that you that was talking about that? It might have been my brother who wrote a short story about that from the perspective of the guitar. <laughs> Gene, I don't know how you're going to get out of the 70s with this guy. That may have been an invitation, because we, we don't have to necessarily do this chronologically. When I say that he propelled at least three different genres of music, and, and they were all uh, kind of hybrid genres in a way, 
also jazz rock fusion. His next five albums were all this incredible jazz rock fusion, and there's evolution that happens within it. But then he took kind of a 10-year break. Then he resurfaced in 1999. Between 1999 and 2022, I actually think in many ways was his best chapter, and a lot of people don't know about it. They just think of Jeff Beck from the 70s. So we could jump right to 1999 to an album called Who Else? Let's try uh, THX 138. The third genre that I think he propelled, I would call electronica rock. Really? Uh, fusion in a way. <laughs> yeah. Um, hammering on and off thing probably on the fretboard with the right hand sounds very Van Halen-y Eddie I don't have a lot of notes about Jeff Beck but one of the things that I did notice is that he's got songs from like <laughs> from way before the Van Halen years that sound like Van Halen I think there may have been a mutual influence there for sure. Yeah. One of the things I love about this tune is this is all part of the intro. <laughs> the melody comes in after three minutes. Right. Billy, what do you think of the, uh, the drums on this, man? I'm digging it. Pretty outrageous. Yeah. I'm digging it. It's 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 happening. Sounds kind of Lindrummy. I guess it's a little late for that, but maybe not. What is what is what do you mean Lindrummy? What does that mean? Lindrums are like early uh, drum machine. Hmm. Uh, I think there was some sampling involved. Like I don't know much about it. I mean, it does sound like a two-bar phrase that's being repeated. I love the tempo. Yeah, the tempo is great. Gene is. Jeff Beck gonna be like, is most of Jeff Beck's music gonna be instrumental? Or are there sometimes vocals? There are vocals, and he loves singers. In his first five albums, there's a lot of vocals. Are you familiar with the Frank Zappa album called Jazz From Hell? I've heard of it, but I'm not familiar with the tunes. Um, tunes is a generous way to put it, but there's definitely a, a similar feeling in, to this song. Jazz From Hell, I think, is in 83 or 84. Almost ready for the melody. <laughs> this is Billy. You know this is my kind of song, dude. When it's totally a three-minute intro before the <laughs> delicious. Here's the melody. Gene, do you listen to Jeff Beck when you're like doing what? When do you listen to Jeff Beck? Well, I read a recent quote. Listening to his music either makes you want to drive 100 miles an hour or cry. <laughs> right. I always do them at the same time. Hmm. 
like diving growl noises with the whammy bar sounds very edge and yeah there's that song bullet the blue sky yeah yeah i loved bullet the blue sky you know what i was thinking about the edge a few minutes ago but i didn't want to say anything as like the dumb drummer <laughs> i was too embarrassed to say it dude do you know i could edit i can edit you out if you say something dumb i mean i i wouldn't but i could that's not the right answer <laughs> you should be unleashed billy i mean hell i'm gonna talk about lindrums you're allowed to talk about the edge The frenetic pace of what's going on in underneath the guitar noises is what reminds me of this Jazz From Hell album, the Frank Zappa. I will have to check that out. It's about the only Zappa I'm willing to listen to anymore. Well, that was cool. I had no idea. I really, you know, and this is classic Waldron business, and Billy will call me out for it, but past 1980, like I pretty much stopped listening to everything. If I knew that there was a new Jeff Beck album in 1999, I'd have been like, Jeff Beck, what are we talking about? Go back to the 70s, dude. And I actually think he had a great revival with this album, and it's not just this one. This is the first of his six final albums from between 1999 and 2022, and they're all phenomenal. Just to show some of the diversity from the same album, why don't you pop on Brush with the Blues? Oh, it's live, Billy. Tempo's way down. I've never seen Jeff Beck live, and I'm really sad that I didn't do that, because one of the things I realized as I was watching a lot of YouTube videos of him performing live is that it's something you really want to see more than hear. As a guitarist, like, I want to watch what he's doing. We'll see if you have that same sentiment after he plays his solo in this song. Stevie Ray Vaughan! It's Stevie Ray Vaughan! Now, I've seen Jeff live, I think, about a half dozen times, maybe seven or eight, and twice Stevie Ray opened for him. Uh-huh. So he and Stevie Ray toured, and this, this tune came out years after that Stevie Ray tour. Huh. So you may be onto something there. I'm just reading about him on Wikipedia right now, and I love this story that when he was trying to learn to play guitar as a teenager, he was making them by gluing and bolting together cigar boxes and unsanded fence posts. (laughs) (laughs) All right, it's quiz time. So the Rolling Stone list of the 100 greatest guitarists, Jimi Hendrix is the Rolling Stone choice for the best guitarist of all time. Does Jeff Beck crack the top 10? It's over under. Is Jeff Beck in the top 10 according to Rolling Stone? Bill, I don't know if you want to go first, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a definite yes. I would guess yes, too. Do you guys know this or are you guessing it? I'm just guessing it. I, I tend to look at those lists. I seem to recall he was either four or five on their list. Okay, well, it's so much less fun, Gene, when you know the answer ahead of time. <laughs> and I don't get to say false, because you're both correct on that one. I would have to put, and this maybe I'll save this for my final word. I won't say it yet. <laughs> well, 
If you're not going to say it, I will. I've decided, Billy, that I'm going to start a new Hall of Fame of the guitarists that we've covered in our podcast. And I'm putting Jeff Beck at the top of the list, ahead of Hendrix. All right. Yes. Okay. Are we going to have our own list that we post on our website? Like their very best top. Yeah, I'm going to put, I'm going to make a page. Yeah. Guitarist Hall of Fame. You can do a drummer one too if you want. I love it. That's a great idea. I still want to see him play this, you know, like. Like the thing he just played could have been a band or the whammy bar, right? It's Or could it's, have been like a combination, right? Well, what it is, uh, I'm quite certain having seen him play, is that it was harmonics and a whammy. <laughs> so he, he has makes tremendous use of harmonics all over the guitar. You know, you see in the 70s, there was a roundabout by yes, so every guitar player played harmonics right. <laughs> on the 12th fret. But Jeff would use, yeah. Jeff would play melodies with different harmonics. And in fact, why don't we... Billy, if you don't mind queuing up, where were you from Guitar Shop? This will showcase kind of all of his techniques in two minutes. What year are we going to? I'm sorry. Yeah, so Where Were You is from 1989 from uh, Jeff Beck's Guitar Shop. So that he's really using the whammy and harmonics a lot here. Hmm. Billy, you know how uh, roundabout goes with yes, and you play the harmonics at the 12th and then at the 7th fret. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but you can play... I thought the only places you could play harmonics were the 5th, <laughs> the 7th, and the 12th. You can also play them a little... If you're nowhere to go in between the 2nd and 3rd, you can play them in there and get a major 3rd. But what if you needed to play a melody with harmonics, you don't have to play open strings. You can do yes. a stop and then use a stretch to play what would have been like the, okay. the one at the 5th. And you can play it at a 5th up and make it... Uh, go with you like that and hmm. it sounds to me I haven't seen it but it sounds to me like if anyone's doing that it's Jeff Beck that's a wild technique is that how he does it Gene is that how he gets around all over the neck is some oddly he's using a lot of the natural harmonics uh, you can do that you can play oh my god listen to that that's like that's like an angel singing Moonbirds. So there he's using the volume on the guitar with his pinky so that you don't hear the attack of the note. And here's straight harmonics. <laughs> now listen to this, here's the ultimate. When I saw him for the first time, it truly blew my mind to see what he was actually doing and just how active his right hand was and what he was doing with it because no other guitar player was using his combination of techniques and for him it, it all came very naturally it came out of this desire to create a certain sound of wanting to make the guitar sing hmm. he loved singers and he and rod stewart had a long association rod played on a few of his albums but Jeff, in his latter 20 years, he also 
introduced a lot of female musicians, great female musicians into his band. He had at least one woman in his band, I think for the last 23 years of his life. Playing bass, right? Yeah, well, there was Tal Wickenfeld. She was amazing. Jennifer Batten, who was Michael Jackson's guitar player on tour at one point, was in his band playing the keyboard parts on a guitar synth <laughs> in his final tour. And I was lucky enough to see him in October last year on his final tour, like just a few more dates before his last show. And he he had a rhythm. The rhythm section in his band was was female and they were absolutely kick ass. And so he did a lot to promote you know, great uh, female players and, um, and then also vocalists. I mean, he's, he's done stuff with Mick Jagger. He's done stuff with so many different musicians, but, um, but ultimately his guitar would do the singing. But one final note, the final vocals he played with, Johnny Depp was his <laughs> lead singer. People say we got it made. Don't they know we're so afraid? Solution. Johnny Depp and Jeff Beck playing uh, this uh, a John Lennon song called Isolation, which was on their their album was called 18. Boy, they sure are looking rockabilly in this uh, album cover, huh? Jeff's wife did that illustration, and the reason the album was called 18, not because it was Jeff's 18th studio album but because they felt like 18-year-olds playing with each other. The world is just a little town Everybody trying to put us down I, I, I. Sounds cool and it's reined in quite a bit, right? It's not pure guitar acrobatics. He's comping the singer, right? Billy, since we're talking about what he looks like in that picture, I just sent into the channel. Do you think that he looks like Nigel Tufnell? <laughs> a little bit. It might be the it might be the other way around. I think it is the other way. I think Nigel was based yeah. on Jeff. I really do. Nigel Tufnell does look a lot like Jeff Beck, suspiciously so. And I would say Jeff and Rod Stewart share a certain amount of style too. Oh, without a doubt. Ron Wood, yeah. Yeah. All right, enough of that. Okay, Billy, we'll do the revenge now and then let Gene do the final say. Okay. The album you didn't talk about is right after Blow by Blow was wired. Yeah. And it's in his jazz fusion thing, but my choice is this song called Goodbye Pork Pie Hat. And I have a very personal relationship with this song. So this was written by Charles Mingus about Lester Young. So this is yeah. clearly in the jazz world and not in fusion realm. Before the days of YouTube, I attempted to learn how to play this song note, note for note. By ear. On my Gibson. By ear. Well, I played it on the stereo and went back and... Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have any... There's, there was no tab for this. And I just didn't realize, I mean, I guess I knew there was a whammy bar involved, but like I was trying to play these notes and I'm like, how on earth is he playing all this stuff? And <laughs> I mean, it blew my, it, it blew my mind and I felt like I did an okay job of it, but like clearly nowhere close to like what it should have been. I, pre I appreciate the attempt. And Waldron, just, just so you know, 
The first Jeff Beck tune I ever learned note for note was this. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I wouldn't call it an oversight, but yeah, Wired, a lot of people, that's Jeff Beck's favorite album, and Goodbye Pork Pie Hat is, yeah, if you want to keep playing that solo, that solo is really something. I want to talk about the, the feel of right here. Not sure all those are all notes in 12 tones, but right here, listen, right here. It's just the- Hear that, that's the volume. That's the volume and, and some weird harmonics and, and is it feedback? I mean, I found a way to do it, but it was not, it wasn't the same. Yep. <laughs> Even if you learn all the notes, it's really hard to get that sound. Do you feel like you could play it today, Gene? I do. I would have to, I would have to have a refresher. Part of it is, in the last few years, tried to learn this tune, tried to learn the jazz chords underneath it. So you play the melody with the chords. And it's very complex. Even though it's a blues, it's a very complex blues harmonically. Hmm. Right here. I love that the best. <laughs> yeah. It's just so sensitive. It's like a crying. This is one of my favorite lines. Me too. You get to the bridge pickup. It's Richard Bailey on drums again, by the way. Just, just uh, by the way. On that last one, I think he bends a string and grabs the other string, so he's, he's growling with both strings at the same time. There's a moment that I called out in my notes. It's coming up in 20 seconds here. That right there with the volume pedal and the high notes, is that harmonics? It may have been a harmonic, but he was doing a volume swell, so you don't hear the attack of the note, he just... Can't tell. He swells in with it, it's so beautiful. Right here, Billy. I love that. Right in with the volume knob. That can't have been in the same, in the same moment, like he had to overdub that. He was very good, especially in, in this period, changing pickups to get a very different tone. Right here. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, just as a by the way, Waldron, just a little by the way. Yeah. Richard Bailey, I'm just doing a little side research. He um, also played with your friend Steve Winwood mm. and with Bob Marley, among others. I'm so glad that you know and love that piece of music. So much so, it's all, I almost loved it too much to put it on the list in a weird way. It's one that did not suit itself to my I love this. hollow, big-ass Gibson, heavy-string playing style, but I sure tried. 
I mean, that is a study in guitar expressiveness, and yeah, yeah without a doubt. And then I love the way it ends too, just a little flutter. I love that you guys are like finding out you each have the other half of one another's amulet right now. <laughs> <laughs> music, music brings people together, man. One final Jeff Beck tune that I think we can't do without. He and Stevie Wonder had a, quite a unique relationship. A lot of people don't realize that Superstition was written by Stevie Wonder for Jeff Beck. And Jeff did record Superstition uh, on, on Back Bogart and a Piece. The final tune, I think, stands as Jeff's single greatest tune. And it was written by Stevie Wonder for him, and it's called Cause We've Ended as Lovers from Blow by Blow. And the solo on this one also is a study in guitar expression. definitely one of his signatures and I understand maybe why they played that other one in the Grammys but yeah yeah I think this is the one if it were up to me this would have been it you say this is his very best I would say this is his very best well while we're you know you're making while you're making proclamations do you care to proclaim the best album so I would I would have to say Blow by Blow is the best album because it was so revolutionary. Hmm. And a lot of people look to Blow by Blow and Wired. Yeah. But two others I would put almost an equal footing are There and Back. There and Back. There's not a, there's not a weak moment on There and Back. And then who else that we played a, a two tracks from earlier from 1999 that very few people know about. But if I had to pick one... It's blow by blow. I don't know if I agree with that, but I'm not sure I'm, I'm in a position to override it because first of all, you're the guest, but also I think you probably know better than I do. Gene, I, I really appreciate you taking on this sort of call it a survey, right? It's like Jeff Beck 101. It's a very superficial, cursory, glancing review of a career that we're going to dial down to like 30 minutes somehow and that is it's like a, it's like an absurd idea and i appreciate you doing it and i also think you just brought a lot of expertise and knowledge and, and passion and love for the music that really came through and i'm learning a lot so gene it's so awesome having you on their very best i hope we can do this again Thank you both so much for inviting me on. I really had a good time doing this. I hope uh, the listeners are enjoying the tunes and some of the perspective on all this. And uh, it may seem appropriate that on their very best, I would nominate the very best guitar player as Jeff Beck. And it's for many reasons, but not just the technique and the endurance of a career that spans 60 years and rocking the house at age 78 and completely giving his life to it, but it's more for the feeling that his guitar playing evoked. Mm -hmm. To me, mm -hmm. he touches a chord, a very deep emotional chord that for me, no music of any stripe has ever quite done the same. So 
For those who haven't really checked him out, listen to more of his tunes and you know, the emotions run deep with Mr. Beck. We've got some copy to read here, I think. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's decided for Jeff Beck. We've heard the very best songs in the proclamations, right? We've done that. Yep. Sounded like a major third bend. Here's the one that's probably the most famous. That chromatic trill is, he still plays that in concert, even though he improvises a lot of the rest of the solo. I think the major third bend that happened before then is more impressive, actually. What do you think, as a guitarist? It's more difficult to play, for sure. Yeah. We're going to ask our very besties to get in touch. You know, write us, contact at theverybest.com. If you disagree with anything Bill or Waldron said, you can write to wrong at theirverybest.com. Don't disagree with Gene. He's our guest. We're nice to our guests. Also, he's right. So he's right. Yeah, you're whatever. Just shut up. You know, you can <laughs> you can get in touch with us at on the socials at their very best. And Waldron, what should people do? They should leave a review, of course, Billy, and it should be five stars only. Five stars only. We only accept five-star reviews. We really appreciate all the folks who have left them. We're going to do more of these, so beware. Watch out! We'll be offering more unsolicited wrong opinions in the near future. I'm Bill. And I'm Waldron, and thanks for listening to Their Very Best. <laughs>